Well, good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alexander, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Twin Tools, we'll try to answer any questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We sure wish you would. We always appreciate hearing folks all around town, all around the world, wherever you may be. That's it. And right now is the perfect time to give us a call. Well, that's right. I know last week we had... The phones lit up several times, but we only had a minute or two left in the show, so we right. can't take a call just because we have to be out right at 11 o'clock. Exactly. And so if you call in now, you got much, much better chance of getting in and much better chance of a good answer. Not just a quick, short. <laughs> Here's Bump, the boot. The yeah. Rush. Yeah. Here's the boot. There you go. But we always appreciate hearing from you because it gives us ideas of what things people are interested in. Sure. And that's the way that works. So. <laughs> I see we got a call. Hang on. Right. Give him just a second there to get him put on hold and going down phone lines with John. Good morning, John. Morning, gentlemen. I Good got morning. A comment and I got a question. Sure. Comment first. I called you guys a few weeks back about uh, my Suburban with the ride level control. Yeah, I recall I that. Working in the mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that I was about to pull the plug and buy a brand new compressor and new shocks. And yeah, I remember that, that call. That. I spent a hundred dollars and had it checked out, mm-hmm. and it turned out it was just a control module. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, I mean, so six hundred dollars versus sixteen hundred dollars. That's right. That's well, and not only so sixteen hundred dollars, it wouldn't have fixed the problem. So you still have to spend six hundred. No, that's exactly right. That's so it'd be sixteen hundred dollars wasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my wife said, "See, that's why you need to continue listening to Lewis." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, the second question, my question is on the same vehicle. The battery, I think it's the original battery. So when you first started up, I checked the voltage on it, and the voltage drops to about 9.8 volts, and it yeah. drags a little bit. Yeah, that's way low. Yeah. Okay, my question is this, is on batteries, mm-hmm. okay? I've seen the glass mat batteries, and they're significantly more expensive. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference in, is there a reason for the, extended cost or does a flooded battery work as good glass mat john under certain conditions there's certain vehicles that are designed for a glass mat battery and that's what you have to put back in just because that's what it's designed to work with as far as upgrading to a glass mat i can tell you my theory on batteries is this in the united states of america the average life of a battery is 36 months slightly less in the south because it's a lot hotter here i change my battery every three years regardless i don't worry about checking them or anything else every three years my car gets a new battery and if somebody out there wants my old battery they can take it and they can take a chance on it but batteries are relatively cheap probably a 100 bucks or less so and it just costs me 33 dollars a year to start my car well and the battery goes dead right. you're going to spend a hundred dollars getting a tow yeah getting it towed somewhere or, right. or whatever not only that but when the battery gets in a state like yours is right now it's not just the fact that you're going to get left stranded what's happening is the alternator is being taxed really really difficult the starter is being stressed out so if you keep pushing an old battery what you will do is you will end up compromising other parts they may not fail today or tomorrow but they're going to fail prematurely because they've been running on low voltage well not to mention the computer is going to start freaking out too because it has less than 12 volts in it right you can get all kinds of collateral issues 
I mean, if my battery was three years old or older, I would take it out and put another battery in there and just forget about it, man. I mean, you, you think about it. If, right. Let's say you change every three years. It costs $33 a year to drive it. If you push it to four years, it costs $25 a year to drive it. I mean, what's the savings? You Almost right. so almost zero. Ask, so let me ask you this then. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking at batteries. It's almost like going out and buying a mattress. It is. And all these different choices. And I see different prices, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm comparing cold cranking amps. So, because I, I want to stay within the cold cranking amps and what the vehicle right. requires. Well, let me anticipate your question. And right. what I would do, there's a group number on your battery. On yours, it's probably either going to be a group 78 or a group 48, depending on what year model it is. And depending on what kind of battery it is. Right. Do not buy the high, high dollar batteries like the 84 month and all that. That's just an insurance policy that's selling you with the battery. But then again, you don't want the cheapest battery out there. You want a refurbished battery or anything like that. Find a good brand name. What we do on that particular vehicle, we put a Delco battery back in it because that's what came in it. And I buy the standard grade Delco battery, and I run them out three years, and I replace them. And that's by far the cheapest way. You pay more money to get a longer warranty. All you do is paying for a warranty. You're playing the warranty game. Okay. And they're going to win. So I don't buy all this real high-dollar stuff. I don't try to upgrade. All you have to do to get the right battery is get the right group number. That group number will define the cold cranking amps, reserve capacity, all those things, the size of the battery, the fit of the battery, where the vent tubes go. All that will be already taken care of for you. So it's, it's a lot easier than what a lot of people make it out to be. Okay. All right. All right, gentlemen. All right. Well, as usual, you guys did a great job answering my question. Oh, <laughs> well, good Thank deal. You. All right. All right, John. Thanks for calling, man. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number if you want to be part of the motorbike. There you go. <laughs> and I love when things go go good. Yeah, like John was saying, he wanted to. He was going to just go buy compressor shocks, da da da. But the thing is, had he done that, not only would it cost sixteen hundred dollars to do, you'd have still had the same problem. And you'd had to go in and have somebody diagnose. You still it, would have to pay for the diagnosis, and still. you still would have to pay for all this other stuff. Right. So you don't want to jump to that. Even worse, in my opinion. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to just convert this system over to a manual uh-huh. shot. Okay, well, now the vehicle rides bad. You get tire wear issues. You got lights on on your dash or messages on your dash for the right. rest of your life. You decrease the value of the vehicle. Well, and it doesn't do this operation automatically anymore. You have to go find an air station. Right. You have to manually put air in them if you put manual air shocks right. back on or it. Or if you just put regular which shocks. Is, which is extremely inconvenient. Well, you put springs with regular shocks. Now it doesn't ride worth a darn. So, yeah, the thing is, if you just kind of keep your head about you when you get in a situation and say okay what is the overall lowest cost which everything we talk about in the show is overall lowest cost we do not just what looks cheaper right now because that's where most people get burned is that they jump for what they think is a cheaper option mm-hmm. or an easier option and long term it costs a and, whole lot more. And there's still a r- lot of reluctance in having a professional diagnosis made. There is. And I can tell you probably a big part of that is because at some point in time, someone went out, they paid for a diagnosis, it was wrong. Correct. And they said that was a total waste of money. And that certainly can happen. But if you find the right guy, you need the guy who can diagnose the car properly. That's going to be the cheapest way you can go. Sure. Because the reason for diagnosis is to save you money. Instead of just swapping out parts, hoping to fix something, what you do is you're electronically eliminating all these possibilities so that you only change the one thing, and that is the thing that is going to fix the car. Exactly. Just like anything else, I guess 
there's one guy out there, a dry cleaner, that can clean your clothes right without pressing wrinkles into and breaking your buttons. There's one guy can cook a pizza right without burning the crust or dry as a hockey right. puck or whatever. You just got to find you that just gotta guy. You just got to find those guys. you know. And I say guys, could be gals, could I don't be. know. But there's people who can do things. There are people who can't. And just hanging out a shingle doesn't necessarily mean that, that you can do anything. That you can do things. Yeah, you know, I hear people all the time, well, you know, I've suffered with da-da-da-da-da-da, and then I found this doc, and he fixed it in one visit. Mm-hmm. And we hear the same thing with cars all the time. Well, why didn't everybody else find that? Well, I don't know why. They didn't use a logical procedure. They just jumped out. They were guessing themselves. Uh-huh. There are people out there. You just got to take and the time that you would have spent throwing parts at this problem. Just take that time researching people. Find a guy who can fix the car and go there, and you'll be way, way cheaper off. Let's go back to our phones. Dave, good morning, Dave. Hi, Lewis and Brian. Hey. Good morning. Service that changed out about three weeks ago. Okay. Anyway, this weekend, I just went down yesterday to kind of check the fluid levels and all that, make sure it, you know, it topped off. Yes, sir. And I couldn't get the radiator cap off. Oh. And my concern is, as you know, it's so much pressure on there. Am I going to blow something out or what? Should I get that checked again? What kind of vehicle is it, Dave? It's an old Ford Dodge Dakota. Okay. Are you trying to take the cap off with the engine hot or ice cold? No, cold. It's cold. Yeah. And I, and I be... push down on it. You know, you got to push down to get yeah. the release. Right? Exactly. And I can't even get it to push down. I mean, it. Yeah, is, it sounds uh, like what's happened is there's probably some corrosion. And, and the way that works is a like a rubber seal that goes in the neck of the radiator. There's a spring above it that holds it down. That's your pressure relief. What happens is that corrodes up because it's like a little slide piston that works when the spring uh, compresses. Works just like the thermostat does. Right. Kind of like a thermostat in reverse. But what happens if that thing corrodes up, you can't push down. If you can't push down, you can't release the tabs because it's got two little tabs that hold in and lock it. When you push it down, you're pushing it past those tabs. What we'll try to do, Dave, is maybe get some kind of a penetrating oil or something. Spray under the cap. You know, get un- between the cap and the radiator with a little nozzle of some sort. Try to spray that in there and see if you can loosen it up. Then just take the palms of your hand and push down on it. And don't get crazy because you can break the radiator if you start beating on it or anything. But if you can just push down until you can get it to go down, then you can get it off. I mean, alternatively, you can bring it to a shop and they can do it for you. I mean, worst-case scenario, you may have to just drill the cap out. That's where you go in. You just drill a hole down through the middle well, of it to take I'm all I'm sure it would come out. I just don't have the strength to get it out. Yeah, so right. I think I'm just going to go drop it off and let you all look at it. Yeah, right. probably a good it's idea. A, it's a standard 20-pound cap, and, you know, yeah. I just don't think it, it needs that much pressure on it. You know, maybe yeah. y'all could get one with a little bit less Well, we get whatever goes it. on it. It Just whatever they specify, whatever the engineer specifies what you want. But, again, if that spring is frozen up, the pressure can go higher because it can't relieve itself. Because what yeah, it's doing well, is it's, it's pushing the seal new. up. It's only been in there about three weeks, Lewis. The thermostat or the or it's cap? Huh? The cap or the thermostat? The cap. It's a new. It's a new cap and new t- thermostat. Well, it could be the wrong cap. Yeah, could very well yeah. be the wrong cap. And when you push it on there and twisted it over, it doesn't have enough stroke to yeah, be or, down or far even enough. a defective cap. I mean, that happens. Yeah, Unfortunately, just because it's new anymore doesn't mean it's good. You know. So yeah, just run that back by. We'll take a look at it for you. Okay, sounds good. I'll drop it off Sunday night. Okay, Kay. all right. Thank Thanks, you. man. Okay. Bye bye. All right, we got to take our first quick little break. We'll be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. If you ever plan to motor west.
Mimi, your hair is so cute. Who cuts it? Oh, thanks. I got a guy for you. Here's his card. It just says Fallon. Oh no, it's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Fallon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair, deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. Seems like old Fallon has quite a gig going. Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance, so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape. So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision too. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. This is Jonas, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901. And you missed your prime opportunity this morning to get a live answer. You can always visit our website, which is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. You just click the button. The little form's going to pop up. Fill it out with the correct information and hit the send button. There you go. Couldn't be any easier than that. That'll get an answer right back to you within 24 hours. There you go. There you go. And there's, <laughs> there's a lot of great things on that site. To A lot of great information on that. There's probably an article on almost every topic we've ever discussed on this radio show because sure. a lot of the topics that we put on the website come from the show. Questions right. we get and so on as that. Email. Email and, and what have you. In fact, that's generally where the topics, you know, every week we kind of follow a certain topic just to give us something to talk about sure. never limited to that topic if we happen to be talking about one thing and you have a question on something else please uh, feel by free all to, means call yeah, just call in we just kind of have something to, to chat back jabber and about between the callers <laughs> and we were talking about what we were going to talk about uh-huh. today and one question we get a lot is about water leaks sure. on cars where water is getting on the carpet or something getting inside the inside vehicle. the vehicle into the interior of the vehicle and one thing that I always tell people when they have a water leak, number one, what seems to bring it on or affect it? Because a water leak in the car that only is present when you're using your air conditioner is likely going to be one type of thing. Right, you're going to go to for, one, one, part, one as part opposed, of the vehicle to start looking. As opposed to, say, a water leak that I only notice this after it rains. Well, and also, where is it at located in the vehicle? Correct. Is it on the passenger side? Is it on the driver's side? Is, is it, it in, in the, the back? trunk? Yeah. Where is the leak uh-huh. on the car? So all these things give you guidance as to sure. where to start looking. The point is that most cars, the first place we're going to start looking is for anything, and I mean anything, that has changed on the vehicle. What is different about the vehicle today? That wasn't different a month ago yeah or a week if, it, ago. if it wasn't leaking because very few people have a brand new car that leaks i mean it can happen and sure it the, happens the and thing with that is that's generally going to be some type of design flaw and it's going to happen on all the cars of that model so there'll be a technical service bulletin right and i remember ford had an issue with the cover on the intake for the air right underneath the cow panel if it didn't get put on exactly right water would leak in when it would rain correct and there was a technical service bulletin now on that. You just go and pull the cow out, see this part. You could, I think it was a revised There's cover a or whatever. Part, yeah. So that is one type of a leak where you got a brand new car and it leaks. When that it is, rains. Yeah, when it rains. Or when the, you wash the car. Those or, will generally always get caught 
under warranty. Correct. Uh, water getting in the car is one of those things. I remember there was a home construction program that used to come on and they said that water will win sure if water wouldn't win we wouldn't have a grand canyon exactly (laughs) (laughs) water's going to win and water is the universal solvent that means it's going to destroy just about everything it gets into if it gets in your car it's going to start deteriorating the carpeting it's going to mold it's going to do all kinds of things so it's not something you can be able to just let go on right you're going to have to get it stopped that's right but leaks that always existed are going to be one category of things and the place to start with that is to check all technical service bulletins and see if this is a common problem to that vehicle. Correct. The vast majority of leaks are different. They did not exist. The car was fine up until a point. Right, up until something happened. Was there a radio installed? Did the windshield get changed? Right. Was the sunroof damaged in some way? Right. Do you park out under a bunch of leaves or something? Or that under something trees. Kind of clogged up. Right. And the leaves uh, get clogged up in the drains. We see that a lot, especially in sunroofs. Yeah, well, that happens also where the cow vent, you park the car out, and you don't realize you're parking under an oak tree, but that's just where your parking place is. The leaves fall down the base of the windshield, and when you start driving the car, they tend to blow away, except that some of them blow away. Some of them work their way down into that cow. Uh-huh. And, and that's where the drain is. Yeah, there's a drain on either side because the rainwater also goes down the base of the windshield, runs into the cow, and it drains off on either side of the car, mm-hmm. underneath the car somewhere. Through the, behind the front fenders. Yeah, there's some kind of little drain system in there. If leaves get into that area, what they can do is they can clog it up. Now, as they do, the water in this area starts to rise. Now, almost all vehicles have some sort of an air intake that's usually located somewhere in that area. And it's generally, it's on a a little system that rises above the bottom of the the plenum chamber in there where the water runs off down the bottom of the chamber, goes to the drains, runs off. It's got a raised entry with like a cover over it. Mm -hmm. But now if that water level starts to rise where it was never designed to be, it can come in. So... That's one place we can find leaks. Well, and you, you're talking about leaks. They also cause a lot of other damage. Mm-hmm. Any leaves and debris that gets down in the bottom of those fenders that can't get out to the ground, they start piling up in there like you were explaining mm-hmm. earlier. And the water stays in there so it stays moist. And before long, you've got a rust situation from the inside out. That all needs to be, the fenders need to be cleaned out. The, the cows need to be kept clean. Anything you can keep out of that cow right. air intake area. Right. And the biggest thing is just keep the car out of areas under trees. Sure. Because little pine needles are real bad about that. They Oak was, leaves are real together. bad about that. They'll kind of stack together, plug that up. Right. But if you can prevent the situation in the first place, I know that's one of my pet peeves, I guess. When I check a car when I'm doing any kind of general inspection, I always notice that. And I'll, I'll note it mm-hmm. on the sheet and kind of mention it to the client. Hey, we've got this situation. We cleaned it out, but this is going to be a problem. Right. Now, what can happen, too, is that because that cow area, there's lots of things in there. A lot of times the windshield wipers are down inside that, the, the, the motor, motor and assembly. everything. I remember the Ford Crown Vic and the Lincoln Town Car, that series of cars. Yeah, they were kind of designed the same way in that area. Mm-hmm. The wiper motor's down inside that because it's a good place to put it. It's out the way, and it's basically protected from the weather. But if the vents were to plug up, the water level could rise, and it would that motor would go into water. Right. And, and when it did, you were buying a motor. And what, unfortunately, some people would do is they would just go down to the parts store, buy a motor, put it on. It would last a little while until it, it got would last wet again. until it rained again, and then the motor would go out again. Mm-hmm. And they'd take it back and get another one. And not only eating up a bunch of time and all, they're really not getting anywhere here. 
Right, and some of those, most of those cow areas, the top is made out of a piece of plastic. Yeah, and plastic is brittle with age. The little clips that hold it down, that seal it down correctly, those those are plastic. They break. So before long, you've got a broken piece of plastic up there. You're trying to deal with. It's not designed to be taken on and off mm-hmm. numerous times. That's right. And you know, all these things are talking about leaks that exist maybe when it rains. Uh huh. And that's the category you're going after. Because let's say you park the car in a garage, or let's say it just doesn't rain for a couple of weeks, sure. which can happen. Does the leak stop? Now, if that's the case, then that's the sort of leak you're looking for. Well, that's where you need to start. Yeah. That's the the way we need to go about trying to diagnose that. Another bunch of things that happen with that is that if the windshield has been replaced in the car, it could be that the windshield wasn't sealed properly when it was put back in, so now it's leaking around the windshield. It's very difficult to get a windshield sealed in correctly. You know, that's... It's especially all the time. It really is. we had one come in the other day. I don't recall what kind of car it was. I think it was an Infinity. And it's got like a shield, which is adhesively attached to the base of the windshield. Mm-hmm. Now, when the guys replaced the windshield, they did a good job on the windshield. But this little panel, when they raised the windshield out, the adhesive was exposed to the environment. And it got into the glue and stuff that would have. And it was also older now, so it didn't reseal. Right. So the water was leaking around that. Now, these two little shields, there was two of them on there, and I won't say they were over $300 a piece to buy wow. new. So we were able to go in and kind of fabricate a different a shield. shield that directed the water around that area rather than let it flow through the area. Right. And so for a lot less money, we were able to kind of solve that problem. Let's see if we can catch one more right. call before the break. We got Matt on the line. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing great, Good morning. Sir. Quick question. So... I've got a uh, 2012 Tahoe, and I tow a boat with it, mm-hmm. and pretty short trips, I'd say less than five miles usually mm-hmm. each time. It's got about 90,000 miles on it, and I was wondering what you would recommend in increased maintenance for something like that. Uh, how um, big a boat is it, Matt? What does the boat weigh? Probably about 5,500 to Okay, so a big pounds. boat, yeah. yeah. Matt, I would have changed the transmission fluid on that probably around thirty to 40,000 miles the first time. And every thirty, forty thousand miles thereafter, I know GM says you can go a hundred thousand miles. In my opinion, that is a blue sky estimate at best, and that does not. Uh, well, that, that's a throwaway estimate. Yeah, that does not include trying to tow a boat of that size. I mean, you're right at the limit of what that truck is going to be able to tow. And I know GM says, "Oh no, they'll tow blah blah blah." Well, that's that's all well and good, except when they start. You know, when they quit tearing up, not towing anything at all, then you can tell me how much they can tow. That's a lot of weight. I mean, I would be changing that transmission fluid between thirty and 40,000 miles. I would be changing the rear differential fluid at least every 50,000 yeah. miles. Okay. Good news is I did the transmission fluid mm-hmm. at 40,000 the first good. time and, the, and all the differentials front and rear. Okay, good. Uh, and transfer case. Yes, so, four-wheel um, drive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but it sounds like go ahead and get that done again. And it is. What about, yeah. um, what about like brake fluid, or I just did the radiator that weekend, so I had to replace that anyways. But what about like brake fluid or steering fluid? Would any of that be? Effective? You know, brake fluid normally gets changed out at the brake services, which works out pretty well on most vehicles. On that particular vehicle, I got to tell you, the brakes last a long, long time. They do. Uh, you may still have the original brakes on the car. If that's the case, yeah. I would I would want to swap the brake fluid out in about three years. I don't care too much about miles because it doesn't care. It's a chemical reaction. It's going to recur over time. I would, every three years, replace the brake fluid. And same thing with power steering fluid. GM doesn't give a t- 
time frame to do that. They don't see that as a necessary operation. But, I mean, if you go on my website, there's an article on replacing brake fluid, excuse me, replacing power steering Fluids. fluid the easy way. That's something you could do yourself at home real easy. Just get something like a little turkey baster type thing and draw the old fluid out, put the same amount back in, run it a little while, and just do it again. I mean, I'd be doing that probably every 30,000 miles or so because it's just so easy and so cheap, and that protects a lot of pretty expensive components. Okay, okay. And then I guess last question, I, I did replace the rotors pads on that. I had to after towing this for a little bit. They started getting Yeah, they're water. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a fluid replacement on the brakes probably three years ago so that's probably about time that yeah it would be a bad again. idea to do it again can you pump that one can i sit there and pump that break now wait a minute do you have active braking on it do you know a lot of them do okay, go look at go, the rear differential and there's gonna be a sensor out by the wheels one on each okay. side, one on each side right out at the edge of the wheel mm-hmm. there's gonna be a sensor in the in the axle tube if you do i do not recommend foot bleeding that vehicle yeah you would be better off to bring it in and pay somebody to do it because those will happen if you start pumping the pedal the pedal's going to hit the floor and you won't be able to get it back it requires okay. a tech two scan tool like that safety feature where the truck stops itself and senses something well no it just has to do with braking what it does part of the it's, abs system and it's tied in a traction control and all that a lot of them do have it but if you go out okay. and look at the axle tubes out by the wheels if there's a sensor sticking in that is it in the tube or is it in the backing plate? It's actually in the tube. Yeah. You'll see a sensor on either side yeah. sticking in the tubes. Those are very difficult even for a shop with all the right equipment to bleed. You, uh, you've got to take a pressure bleeder and a tech tool, tech tool scan tool, and you have to run the ABS module with the pressure bleeder on it. It takes two people to actually do that job correctly. Yeah. And they're real, real bad. People will try to bleed them yeah, you, with you a foot, to, and the pedal just keeps getting lower and lower and lower. And then pretty soon you got no brakes at all. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like I'll take that in, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Well, that's very helpful. I really appreciate the advice as always, guys. Okay, man. All right, well, thank you. Thanks for calling, man. How's it going? Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. All right, we'll take our second quick little break. Be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. Linda, I've been so tense lately. Can you recommend a masseuse? Oh, have I got a massage guy. Johan Thundercloud. He's Swedish Native American who uses classic deep tissue massage with natural healing methods. That sounds interesting. His deep tissue green pine cone massage is amazing. Along with the piercing eagle claw technique. Working your muscles with a rhythmic screech. When you hear that, you know it's working. I bet. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, check out the team at Agco Automotive. We keep it simple with high-quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And don't forget about Agco's general inspection, an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so your car will perform for the long term. One thing, though. Do you bleed easily? What? Johan will want to know. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Just join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldersand, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Between Tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901. And before the break, we were talking about water leaks that mm-hmm. happen when it rains. That's right. And those are easy to kind of figure out because if it doesn't rain for a while, does the problem seem to go away or get much better? And, again, any number of things can cause that. Some of the more common, as we mentioned, is the cow vents will plug up, sure. overflow into the car. The windshield. windshield having been replaced. Right. 
sunroofs we briefly mentioned, but most sunroofs have tracks under the roof. Where They've actually got catches. drain. Well, they got a track that catches kind of the trash, but there's also a small tube drain right. that runs down the front of each A-pillar, right. which that, is the pillar up by the windshield. Where that glass meets the roof, that's not sealed. No. It's not going to be sealed there to keep the water out. Instead, what they rely on is a track, like a gutter system, under the roof of the car that takes the water, funnels it away, and drains it down tubes, generally running through the A-pillars of the car. Right. Now, if those tend to plug up what will happen is the little trays or tracks or gutters as you will will overfill and they'll run down and they're not going to necessarily come down right where the sunroof is they may run down the a pillar and come out on the floor sure so one thing you learn when you start chasing water leaks is that the leak is not always where Where, the source is correct you know the source may be in one area and the manifestation of the leak may be somewhere totally different and the worst thing you can do is actually take compressed air and try to blow those drains out because if the drain is stopped up at the bottom the air is going to back up and it's just going to blow the tube off the end of the track system so then the water is going to run right out the end of the track right and And now you may have to pull a whole headline and everything else out to get in there and put it back together correct and especially if the car is a number of years old, because it's a rubber tube, it's stuck on, generally friction's holding sure. it on. If that rubber gets old and brittle, it's designed to have water gently roll through it. It's not designed to take 100 pounds of compressed air. And and that will blow it apart, and when it does, you've created really... a much, much bigger problem. Sure. Now, another uncommon place we see leaks that a lot of people can't, they'll figure out, they say, okay, I've got water on the floor of my car on the, the driver's side, the passenger side, I've checked the windshield, I've checked the sunroof, uh-huh. yeah, I can't, 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 checked all these things. But now what can happen is the leak is actually in the trunk of the car. It's running forward. You hit the brakes, the water tends to come forward because that floor is relatively flat well, from the front it, to the back. What it's going to do is that water is going to slosh up, up against the carpet and the padding, and mm-hmm. the padding is going to soak it up. Right. And then the water is going to go away, and each time that happens, the water is going to, creep a little bit further forward Mm -hmm. and before long the water has creeped all through the padding and it's ended up in the front of the vehicle so in this case what you need to do is go in the trunk of the car pull the mat up and see if it's wet back there as well sure because you don't want to start looking and treating only where the source is showing up i got water here well the reason you've got water at your base of your feet is because there's a dip there where your feet sit right that's the lowest point it's the lowest point so once the water gets there it's going to puddle there right but the leak is actually Could be coming from the back, back in the back. Now, I got to say, with trunk leaks, everybody wants to look at that big gasket that goes around right. where the trunk and the body come together. That is rarely the source of the leak. Very rarely. Because it's a channel there, again, like a gutter. And what that rubber does, it would keep an excessive amount of water from coming Splash. in. But most of the water is running down that little channel and running off the back of the car. Right, right around the taillight area. And the key word here is taillight because we see very, very, very often someone has replaced the taillight. Maybe it got cracked or broken. Maybe Uh they were trying to get the bulb out. They took the taillight away from the body. Now, the studs that hold that taillight into the body, and sometimes even the area where the bulbs are, go through holes in the body. Sure. And there's a big rubber seal on there that seals all that. When you go and separate it, particularly if the car is a number of years old, part of the rubber stays stuck to the body, part stays in the taillight, it tears that seal. But well, now, now water starts coming in around the taillight. Right. You've created an access point for the ta- for the water to come in. Because all that water that's from re- coming in around the gap where the opening of the trunk is, is running down into a channel. Again, I keep using the word gutter because it's more like a gutter than it anything is. else. The water runs there, it runs down, but it flows right through those taillights. 
So that is a pretty common source of leaks that we sure. find is the rear tail lights may show up in the trunk filling up with water. It may show up the car body filling up with water. It just depends on where the water runs to from there. Right. But we find that very often. You'll, somebody will get like a little bump in the back and it breaks tail light. Well, they go down, they buy a tail light. Maybe they, when they took it off, the seal fell out, fell on the ground. Maybe it was sealed with a caulk-type compound. It pulled all that apart. The point is that has to be resealed. Right. Worse yet, the new part didn't come with a seal. May so not. So if the seal fell out or if somebody taking it out and the seal was gone already. If part of it adhered to the body and sort right. of stayed on the old assembly. You don't know. So, therefore, the new part got put back in without a seal. Mm-hmm. Now you've created another water leak. That's right. And let's say you've changed the tail light and you have a very light rain season. It just doesn't rain much that uh-huh. year. It may take a year before you get the next big heavy rain. Now sure. you start to see leaks. So it's hard to remember, okay, yeah, a year ago. That happened. Yeah, a year we ago. changed this tail light. Is, and that, is that related? It didn't start right after that. It didn't start till we got a heavy rain again. And most people won't realize that, you know, this was the root cause. It's just the symptoms weren't there for it to happen. Well, particularly if the water manifests inside the car, because now you're looking where you're finding the water. Mm-hmm. There's a puddle where your feet are. That's where most of the water is. It's natural to think, okay, this is where the leak is. You may spend days and days if not weeks and weeks looking for a leak that doesn't exist in the area where you're looking sure so we find a lot a lot of leaks like that that people have had a lot of trouble with let's go back to our phone lines with adam good morning adam morning sir how are you doing great sir i'm working on a 2006 toyota solera and i'm certain it has a power steering leak mm-hmm. <clears throat> the fluid is dropping in the reserve uh-huh so i've been topping it off and i've been trying to find the leak so i Got some dye, and I just wanted to get your take, Brian's take, on what the best action is. I've, you know, I've heard you got you should probably clean the area, mm-hmm. and then apply the dye just so you can see, you know, a before and after difference. But I thought I'd get your insight. I tell you, Adam, most power steering leaks are going to be pretty obvious because there'll be a big wet spot wherever the leak is. Now, if you're not seeing anything like that, the first thing I would do. Do you know where the rubber? boots are on the rack and pinion those two little accordion shaped boots on either end yeah a lot of times what's happening the rack and pinion internal seal has failed and the fluid is leaking into that boot now that boot is there to keep grit and grime and rain out there's not supposed to be a seal although it will hold a certain amount of fluid in if you take and cut the clamp on that boot and pull it back carefully because yeah, don't don't be underneath. Don't be you, under when you do it. Yeah. A bunch of fluid comes yeah. pouring out. That means yeah, the rack and pinion's bad. It's not the boot. The boot's just there as an external seal. But if you're leaking there, that's one spot that you can't see from the outside. So this is visible from the outside, and I've tried tracking it. It seems like it collects. There's like a U joint, so it, you know, from I guess from the actual pump itself exits out through a tube, and you know it's it's connected with small clamps mm-hmm. from the tube to this you you know this like u-joint like a u-bend in a sink yeah okay um, and it seemed to be collecting at the bottom of that and i thought maybe there's a puncture in that well i can it tell has you- an undercover and everything's collecting on the undercover. yeah a lot of time it's got and- like a pipe of some kind like a cover on it and it'll inside that cover and it runs out it may drip there but most of the time on toyota's the leaks we find are in the hoses, right? And that's, that's generally at high mileage or, or high years. They get old and they yeah, get hard. Got both. Yeah, when when, the, when those hoses on a Toyota get old, they get hard. 
And when they get hard, okay. they can't seal anymore, and that's when they start leaking. Mm-hmm. We've changed the hoses okay. more. We have very, very little problem with the pumps leaking. Very we little. don't see much trouble there. Most time, it's the hoses leaking. Occasionally, you'll get a rack and pinion leaking. But, again, that would be, you know, the boots underneath the cars where it would come out. But, yeah, it's right. most likely going to be the hose. And I tell you, you Adam, the, the hose you're talking about sounds like the high-pressure hose. It goes into, like, a metal line and all. That's a right. fairly expensive hose. The rest and, of the hoses on are fairly inexpensive. Well, it's just a little okay. difficult to change, too. Yeah, what I would do, if I was to go to the extent of changing that big hose, I would probably change all the hoses on it because they're all the same age. And the other okay. ones are fairly cheap anyway. I mean, just good insurance. If you're gonna, That one's kind of hard to change, and it's kind of expensive. If you're going to change that one, which is very likely going to be where your leak is at, I would just change all of them. There's another one. I think there's two at the reservoir. And there may be a return hose somewhere. Those are relatively inexpensive and fairly easy to change by comparison. Okay. So would you even bother dye testing it, or would you? You know, if you're pretty sure that's where it's at. The reason I don't like dye testing when I don't have to is that dye is going to stay in there forever. And if you ever have to come back, you're going to have dye everywhere, so you're not going to be able to tell where your future leak might be. Especially if it gets put in two different components. Yeah, you know, if it gets put into okay. power steering one time and maybe years later it gets put in the engine. Or the air conditioner. Or the air conditioner. Yeah, you just look at it and you see dye yeah. everywhere, so it makes it hard in the future to diagnose problems. It's one of those procedures that I don't use unless I need to. If I, if I just cannot find a leak. I mean, another thing you can do, Adam, just to see is get under the car where you can see the area pretty plainly. Get someone to get in the car start the engine and just turn it all the way to lock and hold it temporarily when you do that okay. pressure is going to go sky high i mean right. it's so going to jump from yeah. 300 up to about 800 psi so no more than about three yeah. to five seconds yeah because yeah. you don't want to burn the pump yeah. up but you'll Perfect. see you'll see it coming out pretty regularly if you got a hole in the hose anywhere okay all right very good thank uh, you gentlemen for I, your help i appreciate it okay Adam, all right thanks for calling man have a great day mm-hmm. you too bye-bye all right, we're going to take one last little break, and we'll be right back with a whole lot more in the Automotive Hour. TJ, I've been looking to tone up, man. You have a personal trainer, right? Yes, I've got the guy, Mr. Miyago. <laughs> He's going to teach me how to wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyago's no joke. Oh, sorry. He begins by filling your shorts with wet sand to provide weight resistance and enhance focus. Then launches into a series of drills like crouching tiger, hidden badger, fire monkey, flogging duck, and highly agitated dragon. Sounds kind of extreme. Yeah, bruh. Extreme results. Everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for the right automotive guy, it's Agco Automotive. We make it easy. Quality repairs and a staff you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, you get an annual checkup to diagnose problems that could cost you down the road. You will need to sign a waiver stating you are not allergic to pig intestines and live geese. I think I'm just going to hit the gym, TJ, but thanks. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. Hey. we still got a few minutes to get a question answered for you. That's right. And just give us a call. We'll try to help you out and turn you on to whatever information you may need. 
we were talking about water leaks in right. cars pertaining primarily to like rain getting into the car. Sure. However, there's a whole nother facet of leaks that's fairly common as well. And that is where the air conditioner or the heater core can leak. Sure. There's like a tray that catches that and funnels it under the car. Right. And it only holds so much. It can only hold so much. Right. So it will overflow into the car. Generally, you will see that on the right-hand side, passenger side. Not always, but most of the time, that's where the case is. Right. And if it's a heater core, a coolant-type leak, it will have a distinct smell. That, it'll be sticky. And if you catch it while it's leaking, it'll be hot. Right. The floor will be hot in that area. If it's not that bad of a leak, it may cool off. But when you pull the carpet up, it's going to have a kind of a sticky thing. Mm -hmm. Alternatively, you can also look at your reservoir on your coolant. If you're losing coolant and you can't see where it's going, that very well could be where it's going. Way more likely where the coolant is leaking out, running down the firewall, getting under the carpet. And you may not notice it for quite a while because an awful lot of coolant can build up under that carpet before you'll notice it. Well, there's there's a real thick padding under there that will absorb a whole lot of moisture. That's right. Before it'll actually come through the uh, inside. Right. Let's go back to our phone lines. We've got Ross on the line. Good morning, Ross. Yes, sir. I'm calling. I have a 2008 uh, Lincoln Town Car, and uh, I had the back uh, glass replaced, and then it started leaking. I took it to the dealer twice, and they said they couldn't see anything. Hmm. Yeah, but it all started after the back window was changed in it? Right. Yeah, well, I mean... Find the glass company that put that glass in for you and have them check it. Yeah. I took it twice. Okay. Yeah, you just got to find somebody yeah. else that's a little more versed on doing that kind of stuff. Where are you calling from, Ross? What area of the country? Ba- Baton Rouge. Oh, you're in Baton okay. Rouge. Okay, well, we could do that for you. I can find it for you. Or how long does it take? How, how long do you take to do something like that? It just depends on where it is and how hard it is to find. I mean, if how bad it's been leaking. looked at twice and they couldn't find anything wrong, it's probably not going to be an easy leak to find. It's probably more difficult. I'd plan on leaving it for a day. Bring it in the morning, dropping it off, leave it with me for the day, and chances are I can find it and repair it the same day. Will they cost several hundred dollars? Not necessarily. I mean, it just depends on what it is. It could be as easy as just putting some caulk in where it wasn't caulk before. It could be something else was created. They took something off. We found where sometimes there's screws that go through the body in that area. They take that off when they change the windshield. Maybe one of the screws is stripped out. It just depends on what the problem is as to what the cost is going to be. I mean, the way we bill at Agco, we bill by the hour, and we bill in one-tenth of an hour increment. So if I spend 15 minutes, I'm going to charge you 15 minutes. I'm not going to charge you any kind of minimum fee or anything. If, if I spend longer, I can tell you it would take an hour or less to find that kind of a problem. So it won't cost several hundred dollars then? No, we charge $105 an hour, so it would be $105 or less to find the problem. Now, what it would take to fix it, would be in addition to that unless it's something where i can just do easily but i can't see it being a major major problem yeah because like i said the place i got it from they were reasonable place a new place to change the glass out but mm-hmm. like i said i took it there twice and they claimed that they looked at it you know but every time it rains real bad i spent half the day uh vacuuming out yeah the, uh, well and if you don't the rib to see yeah and if you don't you're gonna ruin your carpeting and all you start right. getting mold in the car and then you got a big problem yeah i know i've been i've been vacuuming the pilot about five six times a day good deal whenever and it rains what i would say ross is bring it in if they can't find it bring it to me i'll look at it and see if i can find it. i'll tell you what it is and then maybe you could take it back and say okay here's where the leak is guys i just need you to fix it have them fix it it should still be under warranty i would think i would hope so but like i said I took it to them twice but i don't know if they just kind of just told me that or just kind of took it back brought it back up say they couldn't find it yeah well some people are good at replacing glass but they're not as good at diagnosing problems because that's right. not something they do every day you know they, they change glasses but they don't have to. 
I mean, our entire business culture is, is searching for problems. So okay. we tend to be pretty good at that kind of stuff. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. 291-6901 is the number. You want to be part of the automotive hour. That's kind of one of those things we were talking about earlier where after something has been done, and Ross is pretty sharp. He says, right. okay, after this, this happened. It happens when it rains. So he's got a pretty specific thing. And, again, glass companies are just like anybody else. They do one thing over and again. A lot of times, for whatever reasons, companies don't retain personnel long periods of time. Sure. So they may not have anyone there with a lot of experience finding leaks. They may be good at changing glasses. Right. However, they may not have anyone there who has a diagnostic type, type of feel right. or a diagnostic type of culture. Not every shop really specializes in diagnosis. A lot of them more depend on you to come in and ask for something and they give you what you ask for. Mm-hmm. That's what you call your menu board type shop sure. where they have services listed. You come in, you, you pick, pick what, what you, you want, want done, and they'll offer that particular service. You're generally not going to get good diagnostic, diagnostic type. type stuff at a place like that. Let's see if we can squeeze one more call in before we have to get right. out of here. We got Ed online. Good morning, Ed. Hey, Lewis. This is Ed Burtonow. I just was calling in to tell you how good a job y'all did on my vehicle. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm the one with the broke manifold boats. Yes, sir. And the noise and all that. So all the noise is gone and running like a top. Well, very Wonderful. good. Thank you for calling. All right, man. Bye, thank Ed. you. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Oh, that was very nice of it. It was. And... Yeah, we were talking a little bit about water leaks and all. And right. the other type of water leak is where it leaks when it's not raining. Right. And that can be, like we said earlier, the heater core. But generally, there'll be a loss of coolant. If you have no loss of coolant, the water is not sticky. It's more like fresh water. More likely, that is condensate from the air conditioner leaking. Right. And it has its own particular drain to the outside as well. And what happens... The drain will get stopped up. The little ear will come off of it, and it can't drain out of the vehicle. So it backs up over the edge of the tray and ends up inside the yeah, vehicle. Yeah, it's going to overflow out of that tray because it's only designed to hold maybe so much. a half inch or inch of water. It's just designed to collect the water and duck it towards the drain. Correct. One of the most common things, dust and debris, particularly on cars that don't have cabin air filters, will collect in that area. The dust washes down the drain, starts to build up and ends up plugging up the drain right. so the tray overflows when it does you got water on the floor those are relatively easy to correct many times you can just go in with some compressed air blow through the drain and it'll blow it out it comes gushing out sure the thing is once the problem starts it is more likely to recur because you can't get every bit of this debris out of this pan without taking a dash out of the car exactly so you may have to be prepared to get this done more than one time i know we've had people come in it's stopped up we blow it out and it works okay for six months and it'll start doing it again they said well it's, it's not fixed still doing it. no it just did it again you may have to do this a number of times to get it out well the only way to to get it out completely is take to dash. take the dash apart mm-hmm. and a lot of vehicles that's a 10 12 maybe 15 yeah, hour job it's not something you want to do no and there are other things that can also cause this that you would think would be that, and it may not be. I remember the little Chrysler minivans had a problem where what would happen is that if you took a long trip, the water would start dripping on the floor. Uh-huh. And what was happening is that the drain was working, but at the base of the drain, it was functioning in su- such a way that driving in town at lower speeds, the water would drip right out. When you got up to higher speeds for an extended period of time, the, the air, air under the car, that 65, 70-mile-an-hour right. wind, would blow it back in, and it couldn't 
drip, it out, drip out anymore. So the fix was to put a little elbow on the bottom of that drain. Right. And that would allow the wind not to blow across it so the tree yeah, could pull, drain. Yeah, it would pull the water out. But all kinds of little stuff like that. I see we're just about out of time today, but we may talk about this a bit more next all week. Right. Or Sounds if great. If anybody has a question about it, you can always call in. Tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. I'd like to thank our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, favorite finder, broadcast or rebroadcast mm-hmm. service. Find a written view and fill it out for us, please. Yeah, we sure appreciate it. Moves us up in the rankings. Also, lets us know we're doing a good job. So if you will fill out that written review, sure appreciate it. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.